It is Wednesday. It is not Wednesday. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, Yikes. 2022. Yikes. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. And it's week 12. We're going to do a little turkey day preview. Yes, we are. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I got... I expected you to cheers me with a smaller glass. I mean, this is a holiday episode. You never, you, you never know what could happen. It's your vacation. Cheers. So last week we made a bet, Woo. and uh, it's time to pay up. Yeah. So Dave um, provided some beers this week, but most importantly, Dave has to wear the turkey hat because we drafted teams last week, and despite Dave starting with a 19-point performance from Christian Watson, he lost. You know what's funny about scoring a lot of touchdowns is that sometimes that doesn't also come with uh, the associated yardage and, and other points. And other points, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Other points are important, too. In fact, most of our players just kind of <laughs> crap the bed. Like, there was one good player. And we'll go over the teams, uh, I think, at the end of the show. Uh, because what we're going to do is talk about the um, Turkey Day games today on the show. Because it's only Tuesday, so we got some time to go over them. And Dave is going to wear the turkey hat for the rest of the show. But I'll do and my try best. And figure out how to make that happen. I'll do my best to. Uh, Is that working for you, Dave? To be a bit of a turkey. I don't think it. it I, I think at a certain point it shouldn't work for you, and so that's good. And we could even, uh, <laughs> since since the turkey has little Santa hats on, we could uh, reuse that around Christmas time. Oh well, I I just can't wait to use it again. Yeah, we could make a guest wear it. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you want to be on the show? There's a new rule. <laughs> you have to wear a turkey hat. Well, we could work on those rules. And, so. and if they tell us that we're just making that up, then we know that they're really uh, listeners and not just fair weather guests. But I'll tell you, what, what is important is that, is that Jason and I, at least, if not everyone else that we engage in bets with, follow through with our bets. And that's great. Yes, that's important, even if we have a list of outstanding bets we haven't followed through with. But those Which is, almost feels like a running gag at this point. On I think show. they involve other people, though. If there's a bet that you and I can accomplish together, we're just going to do it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Of course we are. Yeah. He's like, except for that one. Except for that list of in 2018 that, that I didn't get yet. I'm gonna have to <laughs> dig that up someday. There's a bunch with uh, you and I and Vince, uh, for example. There's one with Sean Foss. Yeah, but that's... I think we have to go to a restaurant that's been that's now closed. Oh. And we owe Troy a book that's never going to be published. Well. So this is like the theme is that we make bets of things that can never come true. So, so 10 years from when the bets have taken place, we have to do something to honor that those bets never actually happened. Or, or like void the bet. Like the statute of limitations is now up yeah, but on George R. R. Martin releasing a sixth book. In some really fun uh, uh, fun way. Of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> we'll have a good time with it. Anyway, I, I lost the bet. I'm wearing the turkey hat. I kind of like it. It feels good. Good. Yeah. Good. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It so. wasn't very big. I tried it on when I got it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a little snug." You got the the cone head that instead of being a cone head, just has turkey legs attached. Like mm-hmm. turkey limbs are attached to the side. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to be offensive to cone people. No, no, it's certainly not. Right. Yeah. They come from France, after all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna talk about the Thanksgiving Day matchups this week on the show, starting at eleven thirty a.m. on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Eleven thirty a.m. Central Time. For those of you uh, in the time zone that we're in, 
You're going to have the Bills at the Lions. So the Bills get to play in Detroit for two weeks in a row. I don't know if get to play is the right word there, but they're playing in Detroit for the second week in a row. Uh, and this game will feature strength versus strength when it comes to the Bills' defense and the Lions' offense. Dave will cover the Lions' offense in a minute. Um, but on the other side of the ball, it's a very different story. The Bills are second in the league for points scored and yards gained on offense, while the Lions' defense is dead last in both of those categories. So this is sort of a get-right game for the Bills' offense. When I first thought about this game and thought about what I thought might happen, I was like, oh, you know, the Bills sort of uh, have been struggling, feel like they've been struggling a little bit since Josh Allen um, may or may not have hurt his elbow. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is a game where the Lions can kind of take advantage. But honestly, like, the Bills have scored a lot of points in the last two games, and the Lions' defense is god-awful. So I really think that the Bills' offense is just going to score a ton of points and will be on the Lions to keep up. Um, so, like I said, Josh Allen has struggled, but this is a place where he can uh, sort of right the ship. Maybe he is healthy. Maybe he is not healthy. And playing again four days later is not going to be good for him. But after this game, if he has a good performance, he'll feel good about himself. And he'll have 10 or 11 days or whatever it is to heal until next Sunday. Although I know a couple of teams play, uh, will double up the Thursday games. Um, the Week 12 schedule will tell me that. Um, the Week 13 schedule will tell me that. Oh, we wrote Week 11. It's no longer Week 11. Um, it's week 12 coming up. Yeah. Anyways, the Bills actually do play again the following Thursday, so he doesn't get a huge uh, recovery time. He just gets a normal week. But that's not important at the moment because he hasn't even played the most recent game. So despite the game um, kind of going off at a strange time, being a Thursday game, being an early Thursday game, uh, it's the least amount of rest that any players ever get um, at any point in the season. Uh, between games so it's a great spot to start all of your bills players because the lions are giving up top 10 fantasy points to all fantasy positions all systems are go for allen Diggs, singletary and davis for sure if you're on the fence about mckenzie isaiah mckenzie or james cook i understand um the detroit defense might swing your decision i'd actually recommend no cook but yes on uh mckenzie so the lions have been decent against the running back and most of their points they've given up have actually been front-loaded meaning they were early in the season. The last, I don't think they've given up a double-digit performance to a running back uh, since week seven. So, as for McKenzie, the Lions gave up double-digit points to three different wide receivers on the Giants last week. Um, that's fine with me. It means that they're susceptible to players uh, really spreading the ball around on them. But most importantly for the Bills' um, quote-unquote offense, you want to get Tyler Bass into your lineup. He kicked six field goals last week, and it was at Ford Field. Uh, so you know he's in the zone at that stadium. He's going to be playing in the very same place, kicking under the exact same conditions. And if he's given the opportunities, I think he's going to convert them. So obviously, like Tyler Bass put up such a big game last week. I'm sure he's nobody's dropping him after that. But um, hey, if you got him, start him. If you can get him in uh, one of those uh, DFS leagues or something like that, go for it. So, Dave, what are your thoughts on the Detroit Lions with their excellent offense and terrible, terrible, terrible defense? <laughs> well, the Lions need to watch out for a Bills defense that just held the Browns to 80 yards on 26 carries. 
uh, 3.1 yards per carry on average in week 11. And they held specifically Nick Chubb to not very many yards. I don't have the exact numbers. I think it was only 19 or 20 yards on the entire day. Yeah. Now, that's not really speaking about Nick Chubb, but rather the way that the uh, uh, the Browns offense was handling the, the, the defensive strategies of, uh, of the Bills on that particular matchup. Detroit's main rushers are DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, and they've led the team to become the number 10 ranked rushing offense in the NFL so far this year. And Swift has been plagued with a lot of injuries throughout the season, uh, but he has been practicing in full and trending up in usage over the last few weeks. Now, Williams has been excelling in the meantime. He put up 12 touchdowns so far this year, which is actually number one in the league. I noticed that. The I only was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, the only people nearby uh, scoring 11 touchdowns are Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb. So, obviously, in good company. Um, because of the issues with Swift, Williams has been their red zone guy, but I do think that we're going to uh, continue to see Williams get a lot of touches and opportunities in general in the games going forward, even though Swift might, uh, his, his opportunities in general might go up a little bit Yeah. based on how he's been talking, how the coaches have been talking. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to suddenly take over the backfield. It looks to me like uh, it's a Jamal Williams backfield with a little bit of DeAndre Swift sprinkling in. Uh, and and we may see a little more Swift this week, and that depends on how the Bills' defense uh, is going and, and how the offensive schemes are working for the Detroit Lions. Uh, but Swift is an RB30 for me this week, uh, and Williams is RB22. So even though, of course, at the beginning of the year, you would have had Swift up in the top 15, yeah. uh, it's more like a... He's probably a second-round pick in a lot of leagues. Yeah, second or third. It's more like a, a Jamal Williams kind of a year uh, for Detroit, and that's mm-hmm. really cool for those people that drafted him later and hung on to him because he's been scoring touchdowns all year long. Uh, he's been uh, mostly healthy and uh, has been a great force in that backfield. Yeah. Now, rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams looks to have recovered from a torn ACL he suffered in January, uh, and Detroit has officially designated him to return from injured reserve. He has, of course, 21 days uh, in that time to return to practice and in the window that's allotted for, for the designated to return slots. Doesn't mean he'll suit up for Thursday morning's game. He could. But I don't think he will at this point. Uh, but I do want to mention that to everyone because uh, he's going to make his NFL appearance, his first NFL debut, sometime over the next couple of weeks. And when he does, he's going to end up being the WR2 in that offense, at least right now, uh, with um, Amon Ross St. Brown still having that WR1 uh, position. And, and if you look at the other wide receivers that are there, you have uh, Khalif Raymond and DJ Chark. Yeah. DJ Chark now just healthy after getting injured and being out on IR for a little while. Uh, Khalif Raymond is a WR68 this week, ranked so far. That, of course, will change probably tomorrow. Uh, DJ Chark, WR87. So neither of those are really on the fantasy radar for most leagues that aren't super deep. Okay. But Amon Ross St. Brown is WR10. And Jamison Williams, depending on how he looks in practice, how healthy he is, you know, what the buzz looks like from him, 
could could easily in this Detroit offense end up being a top 30 wide receiver over the last uh, several weeks of the season. So keep your eyes on him, and if he's available in any of your uh, 12-team, 14-league, uh, uh, 14-team league uh, fantasy leagues, he's someone that you need to pick up if he's not already owned. Um, last thing to mention, tight ends Brock Wright and James Mitchell, who are ranked 34 and 42 as far as tight ends are concerned, uh, uh, relatively, uh, or respectively rather, will be more involved going forward, but it's not likely that either of those guys are going to give you a whole lot of standalone fantasy value. Of course, TJ Hawkinson going to Minnesota uh, is providing some value for these guys, but if you look at their actual value, um, it's it's just not going to be enough outside of, um, of really deep leagues or two tight end starting leagues of which there's not too many of those that were involved. I still haven't heard of any other than the league that you're in. So you're in a league that has two kickers and two defense and two tight ends, and I think that that's fantastic, and I want to join that league. <laughs> but I've never heard of another league like that. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I'm sure they are out there, but there's not a lot of them. And so when you have a guy who's a tight end 34, he's probably going to be picked up in my league, but not many others. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and last, uh, quarterback Jared Goff. So he's a gamble as a low-end QB2, playing against Buffalo, who is a team that's likely to apply a lot of pressure to the quarterback. Not someone that I would uh, that I would play in a super flex league or, of course, a regular one-quarterback league. So he's totally off the radar for everyone. Um, really, the only target that he has right now um, is Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they're handing the ball off or doing short passes from the backfield. Uh, mostly Jamal Williams with a little bit of DeAndre Swift. Uh, we think, I think both of us, that Buffalo will win this game. Uh, but I, I think there's certainly an opportunity for uh, Jamal Williams to score another touchdown and for Amon Ross St. Brown to have 10, 12, 13 targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Lions offense is going to have to do a lot of catch-up. Because the Bills' offense should have a very easy time moving the ball yeah. against such a terrible defense that the Lions have, even in a sort of island like, you know, national broadcast game type situation. I really don't see the Lions stepping up uh, defensively. They may make a game of it because their offense has been playing well, but you know they're not going to be able to stop the Bills. The Bills are one of the best offenses in the league. They will do what they do. So, you know, lots of points going to come early on. I, I You know, it's going po- to be fun to watch. Lots of points. Yeah. Uh, at 3.30, you got the Giants at the Cowboys. So the traditional game uh, in Dallas in the afternoon. Uh, that was always the game uh, that was on during Thanksgiving uh, with my family. So you could watch the whole morning game or, like, travel during the morning game uh, to Grandma's house is what we did. And then we would watch the Cowboys. Uh, and then around halftime, we'd eat. And then, uh, you know, the games would just be on all day. And then I think, I don't know, it's been a while now but that they've had the three games on Thanksgiving. I always thought that was a good touch. It's like, why let the NBA have all the fun? Give us a night game. I like that. Well, you know, we're, we're into football and we do a football podcast, but I, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've certainly never, um, that I remember um, – gone to Thanksgiving and watched something that wasn't football. Right. 
But you're saying the NBA traditionally had Thanksgiving games? I think that they have Thanksgiving games, yeah. Oh, they just they just have like, no they would be that's what would be on at night. They just have no value games. to me right now. Un- yeah. Understood. Like in the nineties they had value <laughs> because you might see the Bulls game or, or a team that they you know, that was interesting. Yeah. Back when, you know, we were into basketball. Gotcha. Uh, so, anyways, the Giants, uh, they enter the game with one of the best rushing offenses in the league. They have the second most attempts, the fourth most yards, and rushing touchdowns. They're averaging 4.7 yards per carry, and it has everything to do with Saquon Barkley. He's having an amazing season. He's like the RB1 or 2 this year, uh, despite having a very, very uh, low performance last week, uh, which ultimately did not hurt my podcast-drafted team. <laughs> uh, so, despite the fact that the Cowboys have given up the fifth fewest points to opposing running backs. You're not going to hesitate to start Barkley here. Just go for it. He's way too good of a stud. Start your studs, as we used to say, and probably should still say. Uh, the Cowboys did manage to hold Delvin Cook to 7.2 points. That's mostly due to, to game script because he only had 11 carries. So if you have 11 carries and 72 yards, you're still like producing at a decent clip. They're just was no reason to hand the ball off when they were down by 30 points. So that's just because the Vikings were getting their asses kicked. So Barkley put up 20.6 points against the Cowboys in week four. The Cowboys defense is very skewed because they give up a lot of yards actually to opposing running backs, but almost no touchdowns, only five in the year. None of those are receiving. So I predict that Saquon Barkley will break that streak and catch at least one touchdown on Thursday. <laughs> So, as for the rest of the passing game in New York, well, for New York, I should say. They won't be in New York. They'll be in Dallas or whatever town is, you know, outside of Dallas where the stadium is. Um, They're going to be without rookie wideout Wandale Robinson. He tore his ACL right after reaching the 100-yard mark uh, for the first time in his career. So, that happened during the game on Sunday. So, to me, the biggest beneficiary of his absence is going to be Darius Slayton. The occasionally great but frequently mediocre wide receiver that the Giants have kept around for a few years now since 2019, Slayton is likely to see a game like last week where he had 10 targets. So beyond Slayton, it's hard to trust any of the wide receivers in the Giants. The Cowboys actually have been very good against the wide receiver. Their numbers are skewed because of a recent performance by Christian Watson where he had three touchdowns against them. I think it was um, in week 10. Yeah, three and then two for a total of five uh, in in like 96 hours. Yes, as Al Michaels like to keep repeating. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. That's <laughs> a great uh, stretch right there. Good stat. So, finally, you got to leave Daniel Jones on your bench. He's uh, just 16 in Dave's rankings this week, and he doesn't even have 10 passing touchdowns on the year. The Giants have the third fewest number of passing attempts in the league this year. So, even in two quarterback leagues, I hope that you have someone else you can roll the dice on uh, with instead of Daniel Jones, just because he's just... Like there was like a minute there when he was looking like like he might move into another tier of fantasy player and that just did not happen. Well, a guy's got a lot of heart, you know, but what's happening to the Giants? I mean, you've got uh like Wandale Robinson who's out for the year now when it looked yeah. like he could come in and do something. Yeah. And really there's there's nobody on that team besides you know the folks that you spoke of. Yes. You got Saquon and to a much, much lesser extent, Darius Lane. Yeah. So it's it's rough receiver wise, I guess you know. Yeah. Uh, so for that quarterback, uh, he's pretty much just going to be tossing the ball to Saquon where he can. And yeah, I mean, obviously the defense is going to focus on Saquon, but at the same time, he's going to wind up touching the ball twenty five times. So you got to start him. Yeah. 
Uh, but how about them boys? And on the other side of it, Dallas Cowboys, right? They, they just routed the Vikings, so 40-3 to three last week as we talked about the Vikings as Jason just brought up all uh, 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 some of those players. Um, and We'll talk about the Vikings again later because they do play on Thursday. And, yep, we'll be talking about them a little bit. Uh, but the Vikings were talked up as possible Super Bowl contenders and uh, had only one loss so far this year. And uh, they have a lot of work to do now. It, it sucks that, that they got beaten so badly at home, too. It's not like they had the uh, the plane trip home. You know, they, they had to immediately deal with all of those uh, those interesting those feelings that were <laughs> interesting that were beaten into them. Uh, is, is there anything scary about the Giants? Not really, as far as fantasy points uh, are allowed to opposing teams. They're an average or below average defense across the board. Uh, Elliot, who's running back 32 uh, in my rankings, is healthy again. But Tony Pollard, who's ranked as the RB12 so far this week, is the player that's been killing it week after week for the Cowboys. At the beginning of the year, uh, we all talked about Tony as the player who... um, who may have an upside that is just as great or greater than Ezekiel Elliott, but because of their contract situations, because of um, uh, favoritism from Jerry Jones, because of maybe a little bit of uh, uh, of the like third down pass protection, etc. Lots of reasons why maybe Tony Pollard wasn't out there as much as Ezekiel Elliott was. As always happens when Ezekiel Elliott gets injured for more than a game, Tony Pollard has now gone out and shown that he's an RB1. Yeah, and and this has happened uh, in multiple seasons now. Uh, Dallas management has finally outwardly admitted that they will be trying to give Pollard more opportunities going forward where possible. Where the entire season and over the past couple seasons they've been saying the complete opposite: we won't give him any more opportunities. Elliot is the guy. It's always going to be Elliot. Pollard is a backup. They've they've been saying that over and over again. But now. Multiple people on the Dallas Cowboys are, are uh, you know, uh, going out there and saying what has been so good about Tony Pollard and saying that they're going to give him the ball and give him more opportunities. So That's I, good. I mean, you mentioned the salary cap earlier with them. The Cowboys are allocating roughly $20 million towards the cap at the running back position. 6% of that is for Tony Pollard. <laughs> so it's funny how that ends up working. Well, you never know what could happen going forward, but he's definitely putting on a show for next year. Uh, you know, it, it could be, yeah. it could be that you know he's the W or, or sorry RB one of Miami or one of these other teams that are up and coming, uh, and they he's grab him. He's likely to be the, the RB one of whatever team signs him, aside from the Cowboys. If he happens to resign with the Cowboys, I don't think he'll be the RB one going into the season, but he's likely to be the RB one anywhere else he winds up. Um. Looking at the receiving side, CeeDee Lamb, who is ranked as the WR6, uh, has, has had some great weeks uh, past and is definitely the target hog in that particular offense. Michael Gallup is WR48, who is still uh, somewhat of a flex position depending on the volume of passing in that week. For example, uh, last week... Uh, Dak Prescott didn't really do anything in the second half because it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the kind of uh, game script in which a Michael Gallup uh, or or someone else in that game might just be completely taken out of it. Uh, it might go right to just running and tight ends um, if, if it's unnecessary for them to uh, to be continuing to have gap plays down the field. 
Yeah, I know that the Vikings were a good team, and but I think last week was mostly a, fu- a fluke. I don't think that you're going to see another blowout by the Cowboys here where, you know, all these guys are basically taken out of the game because they're winning by so much. Well, the Vikings are certainly a, or at least out of the a better stretch. team than the Giants, so it's hard to believe. They're better on record, and they're, like, I, I would say that the Giants, up until maybe two weeks ago, were on par. Like, they were... V- They've been very impressive this year. No, there's far much, far more talent on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I than agree the, with than that. The Giants, yeah, I agree with that. But what you're saying is, uh, we could we could see uh, the Giants put up uh, a struggle, and that last week may have been for other reasons. Yeah, well, the Giants won the first matchup between these two teams. Fair enough, but the Cowboys were a different team earlier this season. They were. Uh, Dalton Schultz, tight end six uh, this particular week. And then uh, Dak Prescott, who's the QB7 in my current rankings, looks to continue that top 10 status. No remarks otherwise from, uh, from me, Jason. Uh, I, I think the Cowboys are looking to be one of those teams that can go all the way. It remains to be seen if they can keep up that high watermark, that high energy that got them to this point over the past several weeks. Certainly, at the beginning of the season, they didn't look like this, but a lot of that had to do with Dak Prescott immediately going down, uh, Michael Gallup being unavailable, and them not really uh, paying enough credence to the Tony Pollard that currently exists in fantasy football. So I, I was wrong. Uh, the Cowboys won, won uh, in week four. My bad. I, I, I wouldn't have thought, uh, but that wasn't that with um, the backup quarterback too? Yeah, I believe that's when that's when that immediately popped in my head that oh the backup quarterback didn't like lose yeah for a while. Um, it's just that the Giants were winning like all these games earlier in the year. Oh no, well I, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, but they're not uh, like the pushover Giants of old. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Well, we expect the Cowboys to win, correct? But you just don't think that they're going to blow them out necessarily. Yeah. I think they'll win by... And if by, the Giants are getting... I think uh, they'll win by 17, personally. Oh, I was going to say, if the Giants are getting more than a touchdown, uh, then I would take the Giants. Oh, I think that's crazy. I think it'll be a one-score game. I think that's crazy. Why would why would the Giants be so close in this game? They just don't have the talent. I I just think it'll be a one-score game. All right. I don't have... like That's like sports betting, not like... <laughs> you know, like I, I, I did real analysis on the fantasy football side, mm. but the sports betting side where I'm just like... Yeah, give me a, give me the points of the Giants. I think it'll be a one-score game. That's just like a sort of feel. <sighs> this turkey. All right, turkey head. We're going to move on to the night game. For those of you Unless that... Unless you got anything else to add about the Giants and Cowboys. Not at all, but those of you listening uh, on the podcast, the, the headphones keep slipping off of me because of this giant turkey head uh, that Jason purchased and, and brought onto the show. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jason. I almost had to wear it. Thank you, uh, folks, that we'll talk about in a little bit for allowing me to uh, to put on this amazing, amazing hat. Sure. So the night game is the Patriots at the Vikings. <laughs> and if you slip into a uh, turkey coma before the game starts, then I don't think you're going to miss a whole lot. So with the Patriots, fantasy value has always been really tough to find uh, in New England, unless you were named Gronk or Wes or, I guess, Brady. Brady's pretty good, too. Uh, but none of those guys are around anymore. So what do you have left? The answer is a team with nine passing touchdowns, 28th in the league, nine rushing touchdowns, 18th in the league. They're scoring the 20th most points. They've gained the 25th most yards. Um, The Patriots offense is as cold cold as a New England winter. And winter is here, my friend. They are a bad team this year, uh, offensively speaking. They're a really, really good defensive team. Um, 
but I can really only recommend one offensive start on the Patriots. That's Ramondre Stevenson. He's a decent RB2. The Vikings are giving up top 10 fantasy points to opposing running backs. I think you had him as, I want to say, 16 or somewhere in that neighborhood um, at RB16 for this week. So the Vikings are giving up top 10 points to opposing running backs. Stevenson has eight games in a row with double-digit points. Jacoby Myers, who is leading the team in receiving, has just 12.1 points total in his last two games. Does not inspire a lot of confidence. I only like Ramondre Stevenson, and I will be firing up the New England defense if I do have them on any team. I think I have them on one team. So they probably weren't available on the waiver wire this week because they had such a good game last week. Do you mean the Minnesota defense you mean? No, the New England defense. Oh, okay. I like the New England DST because they're they're that that is they're very good. I trust Kirk Cousins to go ahead and turn the ball over a couple times. Um, that's usually you know a recipe for him on primetime games so that's fine with me i'm not afraid of the vikings offense in this situation it is certainly possible you grab the new england defense like they had a bye two weeks ago so you may have picked them up last week and started them but they showed um what they're capable of the vikings that is and that they didn't show up last week against the cowboys so that mediocrity that you see from kirk cousins in almost every primetime game is something that i am counting on for this week I think that this is going to be New England defense giving the Vikings offense a lot of problems again. And Kirk Cousins turning the ball over a couple of times, thus allowing the New England defense to have some uh, good points here. So as far as the New England offense, there's only one player who I even care to see on fantasy rosters, let alone um, starting in fantasy teams. So Ramondre Stevenson is the only player worthwhile right now and that even sucks because traditionally it's been um you know such a terrible time when you have bill belichick running backs because you never know if one of them is gonna be consistently getting the work or if he's gonna trade off a lot um so as for the vikings they do have a lot of good players on their team they have some very high-end players a couple of them but um i'm not saying sit them but you know, what do you think about the Vikings, Dave? <laughs> a couple of them. Well, there's two guys who are in the top ten at their position, right? Three. Who's the third? Cousins? I don't know who you're referring to. I'm referring to Justin Jefferson and Delvin Cook. TJ Hawkinson. Oh, well, he's new. Give me a break. Well, he's three this year for me. I got you. I got you. Any- I concede the point. Anyway, th- that's a lot of players that are in the top ten for their position, in okay. my opinion. Uh, and and as I argue sometimes with uh, with some of our friends or within our leagues or on our podcast, uh, Kirk Cousins is a strange quarterback, right? Because because he might have games like the ones the the one that occurred last week, and any any team can be susceptible to a blowout if the right conditions uh, are met, for example. But uh, he is statistically uh, over the past four or five seasons a borderline top 10 quarterback as well he had seasons where he was in the top six uh and he had seasons where he was qb12 mm-hmm. um so he's very close to that that same uh that same thing where i have delvin cook is uh, the running back nine this week justin jefferson is the wide receiver four yeah and kirk cousins is the qb 13 and tj hawkinson is the tight end three 
Okay. Now, there's not very many teams that you can talk about that have four guys that are all within the top 15 of their positions. It's true. Uh, the fact that the Minnesota Vikings have that kind of offensive prowess uh, and they're going up against a team like New England, uh, which is just not a team that's doing very well right now, period. <laughs> and uh, coming off of a, of a loss that's so profound, like the one that just occurred uh, against the Cowboys, which I think, again, was 40-3 to or something like that, if it's not the exact score. That is correct. Um, I feel like they're, they're going to be doing everything they can uh, to, to put up some, some points. And I don't know if there there has been back to back weeks where the Vikings have not made a showing, um, but I but I certainly think that that they will do that here. Uh, Bill Belichick has not been amazing in Thanksgiving games. If you like those kinds of stats, I think he's been five and three when he's played in uh, in Thanksgiving games. <laughs> uh, that's that's quite good for anyone other than Bill Belichick. Yeah. So he's lost a couple a couple games. Sure, I don't know that that stat really means anything, but I will say that Justin Jefferson, for example, and Kirk Cousins will certainly connect uh, where they didn't last week. Um, we we talked about a little bit. You mentioned the uh, the the rushing defense on on New England. I I'm well aware that New England will try to do what they always do, right? Which is take away someone. I don't know who that's going to be. Right. If it's Jefferson, probably if it's Jefferson. Cook, if it's Hawkinson, uh, but I I don't know that they'll be able to take away a Justin Jefferson with their current. Uh, they probably won't be able to take away two weapons. You know, it's not going to be Hawkinson and Jefferson. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, I I still don't know that the Vikings' offense is dynamic enough to sort of make those adjustments in order to take advantage of. Um, if if they're if one player is really being focused on to just go somewhere else, yeah. So I I like the Vikings. I I think that they got schooled last week. I think that's going to be a big thing for them to overcome. Uh, I don't believe in things like Kirk Cousins can't play in prime time or Thursday night football games. You shouldn't start your fantasy players. I don't believe in those things, uh, and so I don't believe that that this is a bad start for Vikings players. Okay. So I say start all of them. Okay. Uh, because well, they're so like high at their position. I think you have to because they are ra- Kirk. they're rated so high. And generally in fantasy in NFL games, when you have a team that has been you know beaten uh, so badly in the previous week, they they really try to uh, to to come back. You're going to see a lot of I think uh, heart and effort from all these players. And if you don't, well, then they're just done for the season, I guess. You sure. know. Uh, but but you have to 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 look at these players that got that got beaten up um, not only on um, on the TV that everyone saw but also in social media also by their coaches also you know by their wives uh, <laughs> you know you can't you can't lose forty to three and not uh, and not come back and try to uh, rally to perhaps playing in a short week will help them. Yeah, they don't have to sit for another two days listening to how bad they were. We'll see. I'm really interested in when we come back the following week and and what these games actually brought out. I think that both of us agree that the Detroit Lions are not going to beat the Buffalo Bills. I think that uh, both of us agree that the Cowboys will beat the Giants. Although you think that the Giants will put up, uh, I think uh, the Giants will keep it close, a bigger um, uh, fight than I do. Uh, but it, what it sounds like the when we talk about the Patriots and the Vikings, that you might even think the Patriots could beat the Vikings. Um, I think they could. 
I don't think they will. Well, how many points can I give you to make this bet? <laughs> um, what's what's their current line? If you look it up. Oh, let's see. Vikings, Patriots. So I would think it's probably like line. six and a half. Vikings. Oh, it's probably less than that. What do you see? I'm seeing only a three-point spread. Three points. Yeah. So you you won't take the Patriots for the the three, right? For three? No, I don't think. <laughs> okay. I'm that. I mean, no, I don't think I want three. I think I'd want more. I know we we <laughs> we both like Belichick, but we're not going to go to Thanksgiving in like a gray cutoff hoodie. I'm going to cut my sleeves off for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting my sleeves off. Just rip them off. <laughs> okay. Well, why not? I I think we we agree mostly, but not all in, in all things, and that's fine. Um, I wanna I wanna mention one more time that uh, at drink5.com where we we have the rankings every week that I put up there that are also on Fantasy Pros. Uh, there's a weekly article that Jason does, uh, and that is called statistically insignificant. And uh, are there are there maybe one or two things you you might want to mention from that article before so we? So I did drop one of the things earlier, the um, little nugget about the salary cap with the Cowboys. I yeah. thought that that was quite interesting uh, when you look at Tony Pollard's production versus uh, Ezekiel Elliott's production this year. In something that honestly I think a lot of us saw coming. You know, you really had that. Um, and then one of the things I didn't mention, but I mentioned this player. Tyler Bass scored the most fantasy points of any kicker this year. Was it 22? 26. 26. Brett Maher scored the second most. Uh, and it was for the Cowboys, and he scored 23. That's the second highest total of the year for a kicker. Um, but Tyler Bass scored the most fantasy points in his game. Jacoby Brissett scored the second most points in his game, and that was a game that featured Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Nick Chubb. So you wouldn't have predicted that those were going to be the two players. Um, what else? Travis Kelsey passed Rob Gronkowski for the most 100-yard receiving games by a tight end in a career. Mm. Uh, congrats to Kelsey. And, and that was on the play where he scored the touchdown at the end of the game. So pretty pretty cool way of doing that. And um, Derrick Henry, 10s are wild. 10 rushing touchdowns, 1,010 yards rushing. That was very fun. And it's been 10 games. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then we had our bet from last week. The guys that we picked, we went over it all last week. If you want to listen to us, just pick players and decide why we picked them. And then uh, listen to it with hindsight where you can say, oh, that was so stupid. Go right ahead. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Enjoy it and uh, tear us apart well, after you listen to it. Pass me, pass me the whiskey so I can pretend I don't have a turkey hat on my Okay. My so we each here. took a top quarterback. Dave, you took Josh Allen, and I took Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. And that worked out for me very nicely. Um, well, I think that Josh, I had first pick. Josh Allen, of course, the Bills game that was supposed to be buried under five feet of snow. Yeah. And, and then it got moved to Detroit. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so it looked like it should be no problem. Right, right. right. Have a regular. I think on Wednesday night we knew that it was going to be moved, too. Yeah. Have, have a regular game, you know. Yeah. And then we took a top running back or wide receiver. You took uh, the best wide receiver, and I took the best running back. Uh, neither of them topped five points. Ugh. So that <laughs> that was ridiculous. We both took deep tight end picks. 
You had Robert Tanyan. I had Juwan Johnson, who scored a touchdown for me. Deep flex pick. Uh, this was on Thursday night. You had Christian Watson put up 19 points. I was sizing up the turkey hat all weekend, thinking that I would be the one wearing it because of uh, Christian Watson. Meanwhile, A.J. Dillon, uh, my <laughs> Thursday night player, didn't do shit. Uh, the waiver pickup guys, you had Paris Campbell had a decent performance, and I had Cole Komet, who had scored a lot of touchdowns the last few weeks, none uh, last week. Komet, Komet had a one-handed catch. He actually it had a, was he a, had a really good game. Catch, yeah. Just uh, didn't score any Not touchdowns. Not a lot of fantasy points, yeah. that's all. Yeah. And then um, the other waiver pick, you had Nick Folk. Uh, you know, it was the right week to pick kickers, maybe, but that wasn't the right kicker. Wrong kicker. <laughs> and I had Darius Slayton who had 11.1 points. That was probably the difference because our handcuffs really stunk. Yeah. I took Kadarius Tony, and you were like, oh, that's the only good handcuff. He had zero points. Uh, you had Tristan Ebner, who had 0.8, which was kind of a roll of the dice because if uh, David Montgomery didn't play, then Ebner could have really done a lot. Well, specifically, we were talking about uh, he had had a personal day for whatever reason, and I don't know if that ever – became clear uh but he came back and what what is good uh talking about david montgomery is is that with khalil herbert out and ebner not getting any of those snaps it's pretty much all montgomery here on especially if with justin fields dislocated shoulder if the bears uh brass decide to shut down fields it's just going to be montgomery every game yeah so interesting guy to look at right now certainly uh a buy low uh, not buy low, but buy target uh, for the last uh, five weeks of the fantasy season. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of uh, action from Trevor Simeon, I would imagine. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, But you did win. Uh, you ended up winning by uh, almost 11 points. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with uh, Mahomes versus Allen, I think. It's the Patrick Mahomes who is uh, pretty much right now uh, the QB1, right? He beat out yeah. Allen. Yeah, he's the best player in fantasy football right now and and it doesn't mean that that Allen can't catch back up to him but Mahomes is looking great regardless of who his wide receivers are and that's a really great thing when we can look at the the player and say it doesn't matter if he has Juju or MBS or Kadarius Tony or Tyreek Hill or who who cares at this point it makes no difference what the receivers are that Patrick Mahomes has uh, as long as he has uh, a little Travis Kelsey to hang out with. <laughs> that I think that makes a huge difference. Certainly makes a difference for Travis Kelsey, who has 188 points in the year. Meanwhile, the second best tight end has 109. So does that make Travis Kelsey perhaps the, the best tight end of all time? Um, I mean, in a snapshot, because like the, right now, the other guys we're looking at so are so much better than everyone else. I can't think of the a Cardinal time, and the Patriot was, you know. I can't think of a time when there was a tight end who was that much better than all of the players around him. Even when Gronk was at his peak, like there was three or four other tight ends that were really good. Like I mentioned, Tony Gonzalez was that tight end too, where yeah. there, where it was like you know, there's a lot of tight ends, but there's not a guy like Tony Gonzalez. Right, um, and that's just because Tony did it for so long. But now Kelsey is starting to rack up those like career-long stats, and I think that by the end of his career, he could like certainly be in that argument if he hasn't completely blown everyone away. Yeah, uh, you know, and he's he's thirty-three, 
And and I don't know exactly when he's going to uh, reach the end of his contract, but I don't think it's until 2024 at this point, uh, which means that he'll probably play for at least one more year without the um, without the ability for the Chiefs to just cut him or for him to want to restructure or resign. Uh, so he's actually he signed for much longer than that. He signed through 2025. No, oh, I thought he got a four year contract in 2020. No, uh, he signed a four year contract. Um, is that, that after 2020? But it then? may have – it doesn't say when he signed it. So to if he 2025. Signed it, then it would have just been an extension and not just a new contract. So maybe two more years so, of, of Kelsey before something happens here? Well, he's got at least – he's got three on the contract, and there's no, like, buyouts written in there as far as I can tell from a half-assed bit of internet research. <laughs> if he's going to play another three seasons of essentially Patrick Mahomes, like, moving into the prime of his career – I think that, you know, he can continue just dominating statistically, being one of the best pass catchers in the NFL, you know, as long as he's healthy. Yeah, well, you're going to hit that wall when you're in the mid-30s uh, of, for being a tight end, but we did talk about guys like uh, Tony Gonzalez, who I'm pretty sure was much older than that when he ended up retiring, something like uh, 30, 30, 35, 36 um, you can tell me. He what... was he was definitely not a young guy. <laughs> he is 46 now, and he stopped playing in 2013. So, yeah, he would have been 36, 37. Yeah, so. He was 37 when he stopped playing. But he played 16 games that year at 859 yards and eight touchdowns. Sure. But I think you're not gonna you're not gonna get teams to sign on to uh, you know renegotiate your contract when you're a tight end and you're 35 because you have to block defensive linemen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like you're Tom Guys Brady. Who are more than ten years younger than you. You can't run away from these players. That's true. <laughs> uh, but we're looking forward to uh, the games uh, over Thanksgiving. And which one of those games do you think will be the most fun uh, for you to watch? Oh, certainly the first game, the Bills and the Lions. I, I like watching both of those teams. I like offense. Um, I think both offenses are going to be you know really fun to watch, and then. Um, you know, the Cowboys and the Giants, I tend to get annoyed at watching uh, too much blue on my teams. There's going to be too much. I mean, there's going to be a lot of blue between the Bills and the Lions and the Cowboys and the Giants. There's going to be a lot of blue. Who knows who's out there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the Patriots and Vikings game personally because it'll be after Thanksgiving festivities. So most people will be settled down and, and able to okay. hang so you out. So just kind of cuddle up with a bottle of wine and. Well, maybe. Or whiskey or whatever, okay. but but I'm also uh, going to be hanging out with a bunch of people from Minneapolis, and oh. and it's it's always fun to do that, right? Uh, like when the Bears are playing, I like to be around Bears fans, and it's not because I I want to watch the team necessarily, but it's because of the the reactions, watch the fans, the reactions. I did that last week. Yeah. I got to watch the Steelers game with some Steelers fans. Oh, fun, right? Uh, it was fun for me, not so fun for the Steelers fans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, some of these teams are, you know, battling to to get positional spots in the playoffs, and uh, if you have a team like the Bears or the Steelers, they're they're battling to get positional spots in the draft. Yes. <laughs> Look, I got a dynasty team where I don't want to win. I know the I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's been a great episode, a uh, great week. Enjoy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Make sure that you make yourself some good food and share it with everybody. Uh, have a few drinks along the way check us out on uh, twitter and 
Facebook and Instagram and all those good places. Go to our website and check out Dave's rankings because he's been stellar all year long. Use that to set your lineups. That's right. I promise you, you will win if you do that. DJ Drumstick. Dave guarantees it. You know, we've been doing really well as far as rankings, uh, um, the commentary and analysis on the website. So I, I do implore you to go check it out. And, uh, and also subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. If you are a podcast listener, try, try watching the show on YouTube and uh, you can join us in comments. You can comments. see Dave's turkey hat. Uh, and unfortunately, you can, <laughs> you can also see the hat. Yeah. Well, cheers, Jason. Happy holidays, cheers, everybody. Buddy.